Where can you call and talk to an answering machine with the possibility of winning a staggering selection of cash and prizes? Where else but at the new answering machine game? This is your announcer, Johnny Nimno. And now, here's your host, Pat Swooney. Thank you, Johnny. Thanks to the canned audience here in the studio, and thank you for calling the new answering machine game. The rules of the game are simple. After the beep, leave your name, number, and the purpose of your call. Points will be awarded on clarity, content, and originality of your message. And the person with the most points at the end of the game will get a call back as soon as possible with the judge's decision. And now, let's meet our first contestant. And our first contestant is Mr. Stewart, special guest. Hello. <laughs> I'm not so special anymore since... Uh, now you're special. Third time. Now you're special because it's your third time. The fourth time, oh boy. And James on the East Coast. Yes, hello, hello. How does the ocean look today, James? Oh, it's rough. It's rough seas. It's rough, rough seas. seas. I have a song Even by that. From 20 miles away from the ocean, I can tell it's rough seas today. Every, how is everybody's week? My uh, week has been uh, smashing. Smashing? Mine, mine's too early to make that final judgment yet. That always reminds me of the uh, Three Stooges... I can't do that. I got a week back. Oh, yeah? When did you get that? Ah, about a week back. <laughs> See, I don't know why women don't like the Three Stooges. Do you? <laughs> My wife loves the Three Stooges. No. She's, one of, she's probably one of three oh, women. Oh, I love your wife. Yeah, love yeah. She, yeah she's, she's great. Uh, she's great. Well, too. she shares a name with uh, somebody else's here's wife. Um, but That's yeah, right. she loves She She grew up watching them and loves them, too. I mean, how can you not love it? It's stupid, but who cares? In a world so freaking oh, it's, it's all the time. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Hey, are you watching married guys, or happy? Watching guys poke each other in the eyes and kick each other in the nuts. I mean, come on. Yeah, well, it doesn't get What's, any better, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. football. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Got any good sports? No, you know, my, I hate my wife. Uh, ab- Go ahead. My sorry. wife absolutely hates this. No, my wife absolutely hates this. The fact that um, my claim to fame in the world of wine was coming up with the Three Stooges uh, wine rating system uh, <laughs> just hates everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> she finds nothing amusing about sitting on the couch on a Saturday morning watching the Three Stooges. No, but I I, um, I have a, a young son, and he already knows enough uh, that when he hears the words Niagara Falls, <laughs> he yells, slowly I turn. Inch by inch. (laughs) That's a really obscure reference, too, by the way. I had to look that up. Not as obscure as the Maha reference. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not not as big on Laurel and Hardy, but there was one episode that was really funny because it was very lifelike, very much like real life, and that was when they were were moving a piano up some flight of stairs. The box. A music box? Was it some box. huge thing that they yes. had to go up like 80 flights? It was outside stairs, but it was like really long, right? Yeah. The Three oh, Stooges used the same set, and they were ice men uh, carrying large right. blocks of ice uh, up. And, of course, the ice would melt by the time they reached the top of the stairs. You are literally a big authority, I can tell. Because I, I remember that now, but I didn't, hadn't thought of it in years. Oh, I'm, I'm a doctor of Stoogeology. Okay, which one was it? The Stooges or Laurel and Hardy on the boat where everybody's getting? That was Laurel and Hardy, I think. Or was it? They're on a boat with a captain. Yeah, that narrows it down. <laughs> well, it would. I mean, I think I think it was Laurel and Hardy, and they made spaghetti out of the mop. 
They were supposed to cook. Made spaghetti out of the I mop. That was Laurel and Hardy. It was, I believe that was Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. yeah. So you're less of an expert on Laurel and Hardy. Much less. I did know the music box though, just because of the set that they used. We uh, actually visited in Los Angeles as part of our uh, uh, Stooge homage tour. Universal was it? No, no, no. This was actually a house outside. Oh, in oh the outdoor outdoor site set. Yeah. 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 Okay. So the, the obscure. 70-year-old comedies. Yeah. Well, they were... Is that the, that's the you know what, though? They were distracting. I watched... Uh, and you, I think you probably saw this, too, James. The, there's uh, these Amazon pilots. And, uh, Stu, I don't know if you've looked at these, but, you know, they're free. You can watch them on the web. Uh, Amazon comes out with four or five ideas for pilots each year. Did you know about that? Or you have Amazon Prime or any of that kind of thing? I've got Prime, but I'm unfamiliar with this. Well, if you like to watch on a computer, of course, or if you have a smart TV or whatever, Amazon... Well, they had a thing that you'd love that was called Alpha House, which with John Goodman... It's well, about a bunch of se- that season two is coming up uh, pretty soon. I can't can wait. That God, that was funny. You don't know you about that, Stu? Season one. If, if you have a smart TV or say you have Roku... Or you can just plug your computer into your TV, whatever, uh, Chromecast. Uh, if you go up to the Amazon Prime, Stu, check out Alpha House with uh, John Goodman. It is hysterical. You don't, I really do okay, think you'll think it's fun. We've got, yeah, we've got Roku. We have a retarded TV, but I think the Roku gives it a little bit of brains. Yeah, so I, so I love my Roku. But yeah, with the Amazon Prime uh, channel on there, uh, it's about four Republican senators in Washington sharing a house together. And it's it's quite funny. Who wrote That's uh, Gary Trudeau wrote, writes that. Gary Trudeau from Doonesbury, yes. Right. He's the creator and writer of it. But he hasn't been funny in 40 years. Well, he's funny on this, I guarantee he's you. He's funny on this. He's funny it's, on it's this. It's really... And John, John Goodman. Okay. John Goodman's a pretty good value as far as... John goes. Goodman steals every movie he's in. He's wonderful. He does, yep. doesn't and he? Then you'll like this, then. Did you see, uh, still... Randy... Did you see the uh, the story? I, I don't know why I found it so amusing. Probably my 12-year-old inside me found it amusing. But I was reading the story yesterday about, I guess, one of the head writers for Orange is the New Black... She's married, and she was writing the, 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 the series, and she realized while writing for the character uh, Pousset, yeah. she, re- she realized transgender. while it that she was gay. That's the transgender, uh, the guy, basketball No, 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 no. Pousset is the one with the very short hair. She's the one that worked in the library. He works in the library. Oh, yeah. She's, she's hot, man. She's probably yeah. a lesbian. But so hot uh, in real life, Pousset, the actress that plays her, is gay. I didn't know well, that. The, right, the female writer for Orange <laughs> is the New Black, while writing that character, realized that she's only been married for a couple of years. She's young herself. Realized that she's gay Oops. and that she had feelings for that actress. And so she divorced her husband or is divorcing her husband. And now she's with the actress that plays Pousset. That's great. I Stu, just, I you know that, that one, be... Stu? Orange... I'm so out of the loop on these things. Well, if you got Netflix, <laughs> Orange is the New Black is a, is a woman's prison comedy, except it's not really a comedy. but It's, it's like a, a dramedy. Black comedy, if you will. It's a dramedy. But it's dramedy. really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what they call it. Dramedy and comedy. That is, that is dramedy. A... That well, is truly one of the ugliest portmanteaus that I've ever heard. Bromance <laughs> isn't much better, though. Anyway, I don't know why. I just I found that amusing. It's like, okay, I'm going to be writing for a character. And well, then all you of a meet sudden, somebody have the self-realization, which eh, 
Hey, self-realization comes in many different forms. So. Well, you know, but that's that's a, that's actually a very interesting point, which is that you discover these things by meeting people, and I'm sure she had to be on the set once in a while and actually met the. I one assumes that she yes. met the person early on. Maybe she was in right. the process. That's a great story too, by the way, where she was in Germany. That whole that whole arc. Yes, uh, it was. She's a young a black woman with short hair, and she's in Germany as a like a teenager, I guess. And she's having a a romance with a the blonde, uh, typical German teenager, and um, the the uh, horrible German officer come walks in on him one day, yep. and uh, then the the her her dad Pusey's father has to leave. Uh, Germany. He, he gets reposted because of this thing, and it's a whole. Anyway, it's uh, that was actually excellent. And I mean, I'm yes. neither female nor gay, and I thought that was fantastic. I thought that was really <laughs> a moving moment and a really well played. It's genius acting, man. That that series you can. Never that, that, take. I think the show is great. And the thing is, is neither one of us, Stu, likes the main character. The, the, <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> Nobody likes the main character, but. Everybody loves the show. So yeah, and Stuart doesn't know that the, the main character. Like Stuart doesn't know this, but the main character wrote the book. It's just an it's an autobiographical. It's yeah, it's a true story it's about a woman who ends up going to a, a privilege, a, a white woman of privilege who ends up um, meeting a woman, another woman, falling in love with her, and they end up becoming drug couriers. And she gets busted many years later and has to do a stint in a fed prison. And so that's and she wrote a book about it, and that's what the series is based on. Um, I mean, they take a lot of liberties. I'm, I'm sure. sure but, yeah. It's good entertainment. But, you know, it's, so what I, was I enjoy the show? But you know, there, we got more shows coming up. You know, next week starts actually the the full fall season. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, now, right, right now our um, TV viewing has been limited because what little time that I have for it. Uh, I, I hate to admit it, and it just sounds very middle. Middle of the road American, but it's the NFL right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, me too. I'll be right me back too. in about twenty minutes. Okay. What's <laughs> <laughs> no MLB a few available uh, MLB? viewing hours? So probably around February. <laughs> so when is the last? When was the last time you saw the woman's prison drama, Stuart? Oh, let's see. One that didn't have a number at the end of it. You know, right. like, uh, you know, prison, prison <laughs> days nine. Right. <laughs> oh, that was one of my favorite. Uh, I like 10 better, though. Well, yeah, but nine well, was far fetched. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At that point, you could sort of tell that they were running out of ideas. Uh, the plot <laughs> elements were just very contrived. Uh, no. I, uh, so that was I, probably the last one. Okay. I asked you guys uh, via email a question. I meant to send it last week. Well, it doesn't really bear that heavy reflection, but I did give you a heads up that I was wondering if, if, if either of you had any stories to share about missed opportunities. And I'm not talking about your brother-in-law went into the uh, business of, you know, uh, deep-sea fishing or something, but a, a kind of a funny or easy-to-tell, not-too-deeply-personal uh, missed opportunity because I have a couple, but I don't want to be the only one. So I'll tell you mine if you tell most me. Most of mine and most of mine involve women's prisons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Call back, hashtag. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, now they're going to be using Jitsi instead of letting you visit prisoners. It's all going to be video pretty soon. Right. That's true. Well, you missed opportunities. Well, I mean, I suppose everybody has 
missed. Now, are you talking about just missed opportunities or something that could have enhanced your life or yeah. oh, what was, oh, oh, what was me? Well, I wish be, I hadn't well, done. Well, it could be, there's another tack to this too, which I always, you know, I think everybody thinks a little about this, which is the different branches of your life. Like, you know, what, if you would have told me 40 years ago that, uh, you know what, in 10 years, you're going to be living in France, you're going to blah, 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 et cetera. You know, I mean, it, it, how did I get here? I don't know. It's a, it's a very complicated story. And people always ask me, and I don't have a really good answer for that. So the missed opportunities is also just this, the branch, where would I be if I would have taken that job? I'll give you an example that I hadn't even thought of before, which is that in something like 1979, I uh, didn't have. I came back from Europe, and I didn't have a job, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I, I got a job, but in fact, I had three different possible things, and I went to, I went to uh, interview on all three. And as would be the case in 1979, I got all three jobs at once and couldn't work them. They were all for the same time period, so I couldn't. I had to choose, and then I chose one, and that one uh, brought me, you know, brought my life a certain direction. Uh, but one of them was like I was going to be a technician in the all-Spanish Mexican TV station in L.A. Uh, what would I have become? I'd probably be married, living in California with five kids. I don't know. You never know. Uh, to, a right. be- to a beautiful Latina. <laughs> I'd be speaking Spanish. I'd be married to a drop-dead, knockout, beautiful uh, Spanish girl. Uh, no, I don't know what I'd be doing. And the other was the Universal Studios, which I told the story of before uh, in, in Medium. I quit very quickly because it was a really irritating job. In fact, I think I may have told it on the podcast. Point is, there was a three-way branch, and I took the one that's most surprising me landed me here. So, I don't know. Anybody got one? My entire life has been missed opportunities. (laughs) Or branches. Yeah. Now, we had a... um, a phenomenally good musician in here last week uh, to do some recording, and uh, a fellow named Peter Mulvey, mm-hmm. brilliant, brilliant uh, folk Americana singer, and um, it was his first time over here. And he, unlike many musicians, is actually a very intelligent and uh, an articulate guy. Mm-hmm. And Cynthia was doing what Cynthia often does, which is, is oh well, you know, Stewart invented this and Stewart invented that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And he had this funny look on his face, and I said, I, I, I know that look. You're wondering, if I did all those things, why am I living here? Why am I not retired? And uh, the answer is always missed opportunities. Mm. They made a lot of people around me quite rich. Wow. That, so that's another reason. with me, guys. You'll do well. That's another reason that you must have liked Breaking Bad. I, where are you in Breaking Bad, by the way, before I do any spoilers? Oh, we finished it. You finished it. So at the end— No, no, no. We finished it. Okay, so the last episode— has the guy kind of getting the revenge on the two people who... This is related to what you just said. Uh, you know, there was that arc in the story where he was he was a chemist, as you already said, and he invented some incredible thing that, that made them super rich, and he visits them in their home and all that. Yeah. Recall? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, I, that, that was painfully close to I, That's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. That And, and many of us have had that. Uh, there's... I know people, you know, I go to all these uh, VoIP conferences, and there's a couple of people who, uh, God, I don't want to say this without revealing anything. The point is there are two people who invented something, and only one made anything out of it. And I don't think, you know, I don't think he had more to do than the other. I think it was just that he jumped on something that the other didn't, and then that was all she wrote, as they say. 
Yep, always works that way. Now, if uh, if I had been half as good at uh, finance <laughs> as, as I was at inventing, oh, I thought you meant as Walter in Walter White. Yeah, no, I'd be there in person with you right now. Did you Did you guys both see, or either of you see? There's a cartoon that's very funny. It shows that hat that's very uh, a very specific hat that uh, with Heidel Heisinger. Is that, what was his name in the series? Heisenberg. 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 The, so he was wearing that hat, right? That uh, whatever you call the tiny brim, whatever those hats are called, that are real specifically identifiable. And uh, there was the the cartoon is like um, that. There's full national health coverage bill passes, and then the, the hat is in the window for sale in a shop window. Yeah, a very horrible explanation on my part. I should have just showed you the photo. Anyway, it's a you had huge, to be there. It's a, it, well, you did, unfortunately, and I, you know, a lot of times I start my speeches with "I'm no speech maker," and then spend about forty five minutes proving it. Okay? <laughs> I think I kind of just did that now. James, you don't have any uh, well, terrible I mean, missed opportunities. Like I've, well, I've, I've missed many opportunities. I made a lot of poor decisions when I was younger, um, and there's been you know I'm in my fifties now and low fifties. And I've looked back and it's like, okay, where I'm at now, which is a, a wonderful place. I have an amazing wife of almost 20 years at this point. Uh, How I, old was I she when a, you married I, her? I, huh? Never mind. I have a stable job that, you know, that I enjoy just fine. And, you know, it's not what I would have thought, you know, when I was younger that I would be doing now. But you know what? I enjoy it. I enjoy the people I work with. It provides, you know, a, helps provide a roof over our heads and food and things like that. So I can't complain at all that way. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I made a lot of piss poor decisions when I was a teenager that ended up impacting severely the next 20 to 25 years of my life as far as work wise, my level of income, my, uh, you know, the, 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 means with which I could pay for a place to stay, things like that. And, you know, they always say, you know, you wish you knew what you knew now back then. And it's, and it's so true because it's like when I was a kid and I used to listen to that stuff and I'd be like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever. And it's amazing. Just a couple of decisions on your part, how severely impacting they can have long-term. I mean, they really can. And I'm not talking about getting in a car, drunk driving and crashing and dying because then you're dead. Yes, that's it's the worst decision you can make. I'm talking about things that change the course that you end up living with Mm. that you, that you have to deal with on a day-to-day basis because of those decisions. And like I pissed away. I was a, one of those kids that was extremely smart. I was in the top classes, the whole nine yards, and the expectations for me were off the charts. And then I got very, very bored, and uh, I got into you know drugs and alcohol as a teenager, loved partying and, and all that kind of stuff, and started chipping away at that, at that foundation of you know excellence to be able to move forward. And I paid a heavy price for it. I that became more of what I wanted to do than uh, than studying and you know going right off to college and all that kind of stuff. And as a consequence, you know, I missed a lot of opportunities, and I played. And what happened is I started playing catch up in my thirties for my uh, for my actions in my teens. You know, and uh, and and I, even though I'm really happy with my lot in life now, I could have and should have done so much more earlier. 
so it's for me it's about missed opportunities as opposed to you know other doors opening i mean i suppose one could look at it that you know uh i should just be grateful for where i am now and i am i am but it, it was a shame that it took me a good 20 years to get through the wilderness to do that but on the other hand on the uh, other hand you got all the good drugs yes i did i have i had some great drugs yes well first of all okay the, there you go yeah i mean no but the, the experience experience tempers your life in a way uh, let me give you an example of that uh I was uh, did a year in the military, and uh, that that year was torture. It was kind of like being in prison almost, and I really hated every second of it. But at the same time, when I look back on it now, I mean, I was thrown together with a bunch of people. There were a lot of really bad experiences, and that has tempered my life. So that when I look at people today, I'm not saying it even no relation even to the actual people or service, but just you get an understanding of people based on the fact that you've been certain places and you tend to maybe judge less or you judge differently. I suppose we all judge. And, and that, there's, there's that, in other words. So you've got this buildup of experience and even the bad and the hard things give you a better understanding of other people. And also, uh, you give that, for example, if I might have taken the job, stayed in the job at Universal Studios, and maybe somebody would be moving a piano when I was on my way to, on the lot, and it would fall on me, and I'd be dead. You know, so there's that, too, <laughs> the alternative future, or whatever it's called, uh, theory. Sure, sure. So I don't know. Right, or somebody, somebody on stage drops dead, and they start screaming, is there a guitarist in the house? And exactly. <laughs> well, that actually happened to me several times, so, you know, that, that, I, I discount that part. But there, yeah, I mean that's that's an interesting point that I happened to meet somebody. The biggest musical break of my life, I met somebody and became friendly with them, and then we were in a band, then we were in another, band, and then all of a sudden, uh, I got a phone call to go out on the road and record a record and so on with with a bigger name. So that happened. A lot of that, by the way, when you you get the call or the opportunity and you go someplace. Uh, after all, we are kind of talking about missed opportunities. A lot of people. Are are not they're so asocial or so awkward socially, and uh, back in those days I was probably both. So you know a lot of times you don't realize that people want to hang out with you. Certain jobs and certainly in music, when you're when you're a big name in music, you can hire anybody you want. You need a drummer, you could get a line of two hundred cats out there in front of your house the next day. You could you could tell them to come naked at four in the morning. And they would do that and stand in front of your house. I mean, you know, so there's not a problem finding musicians. But then when they start talking to people, if you are somebody, forget about drugs and any, you know, alcohol, whatever. I'm just talking about your personality. If they feel, if they don't feel a connection to you that way, it's, they're probably not going to hire you uh, because they, they don't want to hang out. I mean, I've heard this countless times from other people, too. If you're going to. And there are other jobs like that, too. If you run a small, like in a startup or something, you don't want some asshole. You're three people, you know, and you're trying to do a business or whatever. You don't want some really horrible person that is completely asocial unless that person has so much genius, rare genius, that you're not going to find elsewhere. And, and let's face it, that's more than rare. That's almost never the case. So, yeah. Those yeah are I just two. realized something, and it's so funny that after all these years, it just dawned on me. If it wasn't for bartending school, <laughs> yeah. I never would have met my wife. 
Because I was like, I moved down to Florida to be a bum after my my ex and I split up, mm-hmm. and I was just kind of like lost in the wilderness for a while there. And so I went down. I had a free place to stay for a while. My parents had a, a condo to stay at down there. So I'm like. I can do this. It's like the beach is like a mile away. It's, you know, it's getting towards winter time. And, you know, there's no expectations of me at this point because I'm basically, you know, have, I'm fucking up my life. So uh, I went down there and I was like hanging out for a few months and, and drinking and, and doing not much else other than going to the beach and whatnot. And I'm like, well, okay, what do I want to do with my work life right here? And I'm like, well, I saw an ad one day for a bartender school. I'm like, well, you know what? I, like to drink i like to go to bars this sounds like a kind of a good idea to me uh it's not anything that's intellectually stimulating but that's okay you know i get to hang out with people and maybe watch some tv mm. too you know it was really you know it was a slacker version of it so i went and and i and i graduated it's so funny graduating i went for two weeks and learned how to make some drinks that's not graduation but um but then uh my my opportunity dried up in Florida for the condo because my folks came down to use it for the winter and I had to get out. So I came back to Connecticut to crash at a friend's house because I was just being too lazy. And I ended up getting a bartending gig in in a local bar. And that's how I met my wife. So my laziness and my desire just to hang out in bars in one way, shape, or form ended up leading me to the most amazing person I've ever met. So that's not so bad. Is this just cosmic noise, Stuart, do you think? Mm, you know, this is actually uh, you know, what, what, what uh, Jim was saying. It, that's actually fairly much how I became a scientist. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like you know, one of those little matchbook things where it says, yes, even you can become a scientist. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Comic book, back cover. <laughs> they, 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 have, they have a picture of a molecule, and they say, draw this molecule, and one of our people will evaluate <laughs> your ability to do this. But why did it look and like say, a horsey? <laughs> Yeah, well, the salesman showed up a couple of days later, and yeah, here I am. How did you possibly uh, go that route anyway, though? Who, who cares about chemistry enough to want to study it? I don't get that. I Well, you know, I, originally I was a music major, um, and I realized fairly early on in this that uh, I had a very deep love of music. I had a, what I think is a, a pretty good ear for music, but I had no particular talent. And this is uh, this is a bit of an issue. Um, at the same time, I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll do some kind of engineering thing where I can work on musical uh, musical instruments or whatever. And part of the requirements were uh, you know, taking chemistry and physics and things like that, and discovered that um, I was actually fairly good at that, and just fell into it that way. <laughs> These things sometimes uh, just happen. Cosmic noise, perhaps. Fluctuation in the cosmic vacuum, perhaps. I think I, uh, you know, another word for cosmic noise is, is luck, I guess. And I, I don't know if that really that concept exists or randomness. But, I mean, I think my life, and I, I promise you I won't go into detail, but uh, it's true that, I mean, I've been all <laughs> over the place because I, I played music. But, I mean, there's no money in music if you can't stay at the top. Or uh, do it seriously, let me put it that way, where you can't be a side man, professional sideman where people call you and go, okay, we're going to play weddings now and blah, blah, blah. And even then, it's not really very good money. So I followed, like you did, I followed my interests. And uh, I ended up learning a little bit more about computer programming. And ironically, I'm a horrible computer programmer, but I knew enough to do prototypes and stuff and, and sell different ideas. And that's basically how, when I was working 
that's basically how I supported myself. And I was actually... On the other hand, Go ahead. I, no, I work with programmers, and, and uh, honestly, I don't know any of them that can say, oh, yeah, you know, I, I played guitar for uh, John Mayall. <laughs> well, that's maybe so much the better for them. I don't know. But I'm trying to well, think... Uh, I actually was going... I didn't want to talk about my life. I wanted to mention something else that's related to all this, about the cosmic nature of it and the luck. You know, the fact that none of the three of us were born in Iraq... 10 years ago or something like that, you know, is something that you wonder about. It's uh, the whole thing about fate and not being, not taking that one flight that uh, crashed or all of that, you know, so it's, it's very similar. Is, is it really? I, I don't, yeah. I don't wonder that I wasn't born in Iraq 10 years ago because, see, my parents were born in Baltimore, so right. it was fairly inevitable. That, <laughs> I would not be born in Iraq 10 well, years ago. You could have ago. been born in California, which is just as bad. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> that's true. Of course, I, I, I moved to California, spent most of my adult life there, and i um, still recovering from that. You remember that joke? I think this was also Three Stooges. Been here all your life? Not yet. All right. <laughs> not yet. That's where I needed the, uh, that's where I needed oh. the rim shot. Uh, yeah, I kind of lost. I had a really brilliant uh, question I was going to ask about all this luck thing and where you'd be, but uh, I lost it. That's what happens luck. when you get old. Well, I, now, uh, my, my big branch, honestly, was not so much transitioning from music to science, because I think that honestly was sort of inevitable the way my uh, perverted mind works. Uh, it was more of that divergence between becoming an academic, becoming a professor, doing that kind of science versus going into industry and you know making stuff and working for uh, you know, people. Uh, very different sort of thing. Uh, it, it's not exactly apropos to the topic, but I just thought I would mention that when, uh, well, when I entered a college in uh, New Jersey, this very well it was uh, uh, in a beach town and uh, they wanted me to give a lecture there okay great so I gave a lecture on what we call bands and bonds it was all about solid state chemistry and one dimensional conductors and stupid shit like that but what got me was that they had sitting in the front row uh, a girl probably you know 20 years old with just enormous hooters and her shirt uh, half unbuttoned and just kept just her eyes were on me through the whole lecture just kept leaning forward and I realized this is a test <laughs> see what <laughs> I do so I spent the entire lecture very pointedly not looking in her direction and, and maybe that's a missed opportunity <laughs> that might have been that reminds me of something that happened to me on a plane but I did remember the question I wanted to ask you specifically Stu which was with all this opportunity and luck and the current situation would be uh, that uh, your son will eventually have to make these decisions. And I just wondered how you pictured that. I can't, don't imagine you as the kind of parent who will be, you know, you're going to college and that's it. But maybe you are, I don't know. But how, how do you see that? I don't, how old is he, by the way? He's 13 now. Right, and, so it's time um, to start wondering about interests and stuff. What's your take on all that? Well, you know, I'm not sure that he's ever going to be able to find a job playing video games. Oh, that's uh, that. They have a true. professional league now. That's true. Yeah, so it's a professional gaming league. Yeah, but I'm, he's not, got, like, I'm not advocating that. But. <laughs> well, and that's a phase, though. But all, all kidding aside, I mean, how? 
Well, let me put it another way. How would you approach this as a parent? So he's going to be doing that, and even if he does nothing but that, eventually he's going to break out of that and be looking at other stuff. I mean, it's it's really it's hard It's always a matter today. of doing, doing what you want to do and really effort, and that's what I care about more than anything else. Right. Uh, if his if his interests uh, don't happen to be what mine are, which they probably will not be, as as long as he you know really does you know a hundred percent effort toward it, uh, that would be great. Where I think he's going to end up going, uh, but we'll see. I think he'll end up going for the military. Uh, really, he doesn't know it yet, but he has that kind of personality. I think he's. Uh, uh, he, he likes structure. Uh, right now, his big passion is his chess. Oh, um, that's cool. And and part of it is because of the sort of the constrained nature. We're on this board. You can only move certain things certain hmm. ways. And how do we, in a combinatorial way, uh, optimize this? Uh, and I think the uh, the discipline of that is something he likes uh, quite a bit. Well, either that or goth rock. Same thing. Yeah, he's not. He's not musical. He um, he went to a lot of shows with me in Austin and kind of enjoyed that. But since that point, nah, I mean, you know, I bought him an iPod and loaded up all kinds of tunes, and I don't think he's ever even turned the thing on. Wow, now that wow. is interesting. That is wow. interesting. I don't. Think yes, I don't know how that could have happened to a son of mine, but there it is. <laughs> well, that's the generations do have a tendency of reversing themselves. So the big question is, does uh, he eat meat? Uh, yes, he does. Now, when he's here, he doesn't, except when we go out. Um, he's with his mother uh, about nine months of the year, and uh, she's someone who uh, the only green thing she'll eat is lime and jello. Mm-hmm. They subsist on KFC and McDonald's. So oh, boy. Uh, we try to beat that out of him while he's here. Well, you could always reconcile yourself with the fact that there isn't actually much meat in either of those things. That's true. Pink goo is the uh, primary constituent. Yeah, it's most, mostly KFC is mostly bread, and uh, the other thing is I don't know, just grease. And it's just a hard thing. I, I know this kind of goes back to our um, conversation a week or two ago about vegetarianism. Mm-hmm. And again, stop me if I already said this. But that was one thing I've always promised myself is that if I ever stop becoming a vegetarian, the one thing I would never eat is chicken ever. I can't remember why. Do you know why? No, no you didn't say it. The think. reason is because when somebody eats something disgusting, you know, rat or whatever, and you say, what was it like? What is their answer every time? It tastes like chicken. <laughs> exactly. So if chicken tastes like all that shit, I don't want that anywhere near me. <laughs> Isn't that funny? You know, I think it's a question more of uh, here we are in the cooking show. Uh, I think uh, the, the thing about chicken that's most – uh, specific to it is the texture. And I think when people say it tastes like chicken, I mean, if you're eating it, for example, if I make a jackfruit uh, pulled pork sandwich, the only reason you think of it as pulled pork, it's got barbecue sauce and all that, but it's it's strictly texture-based. That And I think it's the same for chicken. I don't know why tuna is the chicken of the sea, because I don't see any texture or textural, textural relationship there. But uh, in general, this tastes like chicken thing. Chicken doesn't even have that much taste, actually. It tastes like how you season it. Well, you wouldn't know, though. Neither of no, you I would, would know. know. Well, no. You, well, I, I remember it. It hasn't been well, 50 years for me, so I remember. But, but, but. chicken is, uh, Jim, chicken really is pretty nondescript taste. I mean, in other words, when you have chicken, you're going to have chicken curry, barbecue chicken, 
is, is that you know. true of uh, of all chicken or just sort of industrially raised chicken? No, I think that's generally. I I can't think of a chicken where you ha- wait. Let me let me back up. You guys will love this. So there's this Romanesco broccoli, right? You know what it looks like? It looks like fractals. It's that beautiful, yes. strange-looking broccoli, which if you can buy it at the producer's stall at the market and cook it the same day, steam it, it's delicious. I wouldn't put a grain of salt or any kind of sauce of any kind on it. But honestly, can anyone imagine ever anyone eating chicken that didn't have a taste, that wasn't... Uh, First of all, you don't eat it uncooked, right? So it's cooked, and it's either going to be cooked in olive oil, it's going to be salted, people, you know, so it's, it doesn't have any taste, I don't think. There is no chicken taste. I think that's why people, another reason why people say it tastes like chicken. What do people, what do people get when they uh, just do a some roast chicken? Well, you still baste it, you're still going to put oil on it and stuff and season it. And then if it's. And, and why did you use each schmaltz? What's that? Why did you use each schmaltz? <laughs> that I don't know. That I don't know. <laughs> Grease does give the flavor. The grease does give the flavor, though, of most of these things, right? I mean, the more fat, the more it has that fatty flavor. And that's the smell that comes wafting out of these places that probably disgusts uh, vegetarians with good noses more than anything else, too, by the way. Is that that, that, that greasy smell? Yeah, actually, what got me was there is a a street uh, near the Flesh Marks district in Vienna. Mm-hmm. I used to stay down there a lot. And they had a, a fast food place there uh, called Chicken Paradise. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought, yeah, there's a there's an implication to that. This really bothered me. It must be really crowded. Well, no, I'm just wondering. I mean, the you know, paradise. Do the chickens have some sort of, yeah, no, I'm just thinking, do the chickens have some sort of religion that, you know, when their heads yeah. are chopped off, there's, you know, 72 virgin chickens waiting for them. <laughs> Chicken well, you know that's 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 no funnier than the the idea behind the Matrix. It's a very similar thing, you know. What if this was really? Yeah, you know, yeah, that's it. You know what? I'm really glad we talked about missed opportunities. There's no title here. What are we going to talk about? Cosmic noise. Cosmic noise. That's Cosmic it. Cosmic noise. Hey, uh, it's time, Randy. You might find my uh, latest post of a minute ago on Google Plus. It should bring out the inner 12-year-old. Actually, Stuart, it'll bring out the inner 12-year-old in you as well. Uh, you'll just have My to My inner 12-year-old is outer as well. <laughs> um, it's uh, about the uh, Colombian women's cycling team uniforms. and, and I saw that, the flesh-colored <laughs> uniforms. They're, oh, my God. I thought I was looking look. at a totally not-safe work. I will look. They're for intriguing them. and disturbing all at once. <laughs> I know. It's like it's like they all they're all like Brazilian shaved, but they're not Brazilian I know. shaved. It's, I know. It's, if they just draw, never mind. But if you, you can imagine if you took a little magic marker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like holy shit. I'm going through this while I'm listening because I was going to bring up the the other. It's not a funny story, but it's there. There's many many ways that people can commit suicide. And this woman in Thailand found a kind of a rather unique way. She went to an alligator farm and oh, pitched herself God. into the into the pit with hundreds of alligators. That shows dedication. <laughs> That's apparently, according to this story, this farm has safety violations. That has in the past, they've had two other people over the years do it. So three people now have said, you know. That might the good, good way to off myself might be to hop up over this wooden railing and jump into a pit of hundreds of alligators because that's the last thing I want to you know deal with on this earth. Just yeah, but you know you'll be in the papers. 
This is true. Yes. Now, yeah. Now all the show internet famous for thirteen minutes. That's I. Oh, be especially video to put up on YouTube. <laughs> I am speechless. She didn't thrash or anything. I'm speechless. That's either complete madness or there's some so weird she, religious thing that we don't know about. It, it's terrible. I'm. I'm. It's shame on me for making fun of it. But you know what? Uh, what am I supposed to take out of it? You know what else? Just, am I just remember to take? humor. Humor is tragedy plus time. Yeah, but I don't think he left enough time. (laughs) All right. Speaking of time, we're out of it. So yes, we are out of it. Say goodbye. Oh my god, way late now. Oops. Okay, the music is coming up. Randy, you will love the Colombian women's cycling team uniforms. You're very welcome. I'll look forward to it. (laughs) Trust him; he's right. (laughs) In Labia, this is this has been leave the bottle thirty six a. And we'll be back at some random point in the future. Join us. Okay. Later. <laughs> you, know, you could see Jim dancing. Okay, we gotta take it out I'm with sorry, the music. I, I wanted I want to see like somebody take a magic marker and draw a little wave. You'll see. Oh god! Come on, you guys. Calm down. Here we go. We're taking it out. <laughs>